Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, this is part two to our conversation with Dominique Crigliano. If you loved part one and hearing his story, I think you'll really enjoy part two where we get into more stories about India, uh, talk about the clash of cultures, as well as the trance state and how important it is to the practice of yoga and to our daily lives, as well as what it means to be spiritual and how we can connect more deeply to spirit within our practice. And all this is interwoven with reflections on Sri K. Patabi Joyce and, and our experiences with him and our experiences with India and the community. And so we're going pretty uh, deep and detailed here. I think you'll really enjoy the conversation and I hope you'll continue listening. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate you guys giving me a second chance on the, uh, that um, I just felt like when I listened to myself, like I really wasn't on, I, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm on now, but I've had a little coffee. So <laughs> to ensure count. that maybe I can stay up. Yeah. Um, and I'm wearing my, can you see this? I can see jazz festival. Jazz for oh, Russell. New Orleans yeah. jazz and heritage festival. That's the best festival ever. Yeah. 2003. Yeah. We can meet there in a couple, in about a month or two. We'd be able to. I think, I think the, uh, the French Quarter Festival is better, to tell you the truth. Oh, really? Do mm. you? Yes. I was really excited that you that you wanted to come back because this is a this is a two parter. I was reading in David Williams's book, and something came. I came across something that I'm going to ask him about when I talk to him. But I wanted to ask you you first, as long as we're here. Um, it's super interesting. He was talking to Guruji, and I'm going to say this is in the mid '70s. And it's before um, Guruji's son died, uh, Ramesh. Mm. Mm. And David said to him, Guruji, why aren't you practicing yoga? Uh, you do, you know, you do pranayama, but you're not doing asana. And it was in the context of David talking about how now he's a really old man and does Ashtanga yoga and practices every day. What did he say to you? He's never missed a day. And so he's doing Ashtanga yoga every day, but, but Guruji wasn't and hadn't been for a while. And so I'm confused because I've been hearing this myth for decades. I think, you know, I, I think maybe Nancy told it to me. I, I, maybe I heard somebody say that Nancy said it, but maybe she never did. That Guruji gave up Ashtanga yoga when Ramesh died as a penance. Hmm, that's an interesting story. Have you ever heard that? You ever heard well, that sure. story? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like that wasn't true. It sounds like um, he had already given it up by the time Ramesh had, had, had passed. I would take uh, a lot of what you hear about that with a grain of salt. I, I don't know what to say about that. Sure. I really I, don't, except to say that, you know, that you will find in older students, some who have and always had issues with Patabi Joyce. As competitively. Well, some people are just climbing that ladder. Mm -hmm. It's like a corporate ladder. 
Yeah. You're a step along the way. Yeah. They're really the great one. Yeah. They know it for whatever <laughs> reason, either, either they actually believe that or they're terribly insecure. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to go there to tell you the truth. I got enough going on in this head. <laughs> yeah. But it's thought- evident to me. I just stand and watch, you know, and knowing even between you and me, even the barrel thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beryl's hard feelings come from that letter that was supposedly written by Guruji. That yeah. letter wasn't written by Guruji. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> it was written by a couple of students who were pissed off that a woman was coming out with a book before them. Yeah. Yeah. And you can imagine who they were. I don't have to say their names. Yeah. Right. No. But they had their own projects in the works. Yeah. And wanted to quickly discredit hers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So theirs would come out because they were worried. This is just human shit. Yeah. 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 Really human shit. <laughs> Part of one of the things that we talked about with Beryl, is, as you heard, Dom, is this, Dom is, is this notion of complicity that Harmony and I both had heard, you know, everything about Batabi Joyce. You know, we heard that he was handsy. We heard about that people were, were getting hurt. And yet in our hearts, we knew that's what we wanted for ourselves. Yeah. And we were disappointed not to get it. No. Yeah. We were disappointed that we didn't get the experience that Gary Lapidota got. Right. We didn't get the experience that Dom got. We didn't get the experience that Dina Kingsburg got. We got something that was a shadow of it. You know, he did was you just, did you want to get humiliated in class in front of all the other students like we did, like Gary? I wanted me. I wanted to be. You wanted that. I you wanted, wanted to be. You wanted to get with, the same way. You wanted to get what Matt Sweeney got. He was just yes. so determined to do third series, and that day that Guruji broke him into third, he made him do like up to Ashtabakrasana. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how many times while he yeah. was a sweaty mass and totally falling down in front of the whole class instead of the strong, vital young guy he was. That's what I wanted. That's what you yes. wanted? I yes. can understand that's what that. I signed up. I signed up for that. In fact, in my first class in Chicago in 93. I'm sorry Suda, you didn't get it. Me too. Suda, <laughs> Suda told me stories about this Australian kid yeah. practicing for eight hours a day, four yeah. hours in the morning and then four hours in the evening. It was like, yeah. Okay, that's what I want to go to India. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and Suda, then, I knew Suda. You, I'm that's sure. funny you mentioned him. You know that he was staying at the, um, not the Green Hotel, the Metropole. There used mm-hmm. to be these little places in the back. Yeah. yeah. And I'd go over and see him and have tea with him. Yeah. He's from Chicago or something like that. He's right? Austrian now living in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And he was my nice guy. Teacher. Super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. He No, you know, you know, you meet people like that, and then you meet people that are so full of themselves, and it's like whatever. There, this is the famous one, and you know, the ones who want fame get fame. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's not a bad thing either. I'm just saying that's that's the way it is, you know. Yeah. Um uh, there are some who want fame that aren't so focused on themselves too. I mean, it's just yeah. whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what that comes from that insecurity or whatever it is, why you, or maybe there's a real issue there. <clears throat> I remember uh, going to Hawaii in um, 
and I'd been there of course before, but it was, I guess it was 2002 because we were in Kauai and Maui and um, there were meetings arranged between like Norman and Guruji, which was, it's kind of hilarious for me. I knew Norman and, you know, so yeah. what's the big deal? Norman's saying hello to Guruji again, you know, but they hadn't seen each other for many years. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then there was a meeting with uh, who else? There was another teacher who had been around a while. Maybe it was David or something like that. And he hadn't seen Guruji for years. They hadn't even talked, you know. Yeah. And it, from my perspective, and I'm not trying to blow my own horn, but I stayed there for so many years. I saw a lot of changes myself. I may have a historical perspective that a lot of those people don't have because they were there four years. They did their thing. They did all six totally. series they claim or whatever. Yeah. And they were done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they didn't come back and they didn't check in. Yeah. They didn't see that Patabi Joyce's teaching methods were changing. Yeah. I saw it. It's helped me in my life, like to know how to do more with less effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. something Guruji did over his lifetime. Sure, he did these incredible adjustments in the beginning. And then when you guys met him, he wasn't doing that Not kind of adjustment anymore. Not at all. Yeah. He figured he didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. That's he right. could still do a powerful adjustment with a lot less effort. And so can you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the message. You know, mm-hmm. that's the message I have with my perspective. Mm-hmm. All those other people, those quote unquote famous people, didn't stay there that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they burned, they burned fast. They burned fast. And you know. I, that's a unique perspective too. They caught that four years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm not that animal. I stuck, stuck for a long time just to watch. Cause I was really interested in the social changes going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was really interesting. And I had a great respect for the practice too. Mm-hmm. But what I came to see in Ashtanga that I want people to know about the most powerful thing I think about the practice is the trance state. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much you do. If you can attain that trance state in less of a series, well, maybe you're a more beneficial student or a more blessed student than somebody who has to do it like five series to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's yeah. to say? Mm-hmm. It's how you feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's how you feel during. Mm-hmm. It's how you know that if you take three deep breaths, you can change your mind mm-hmm. and your body. Mm-hmm. You know that, yeah. both of you. You've mm-hmm. practiced so long that you know that pathway and you mm-hmm. step into it immediately if you'd like to. Mm-hmm. It happens at the grocery store. You know, <laughs> something happens, it's like, oh, I think I'll do some yoga right now. And yeah, take, take three breaths. breaths. Yeah. And then you're right there. Yeah. Exactly. If you have any doubts about this at all, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I tell this to really, usually I tell this to teachers to tell their students who are wondering how much this is affecting them, or maybe they're not convinced themselves that it has great Mm -hmm. changes on their bodies. Mm -hmm. Go to a drugstore, check out the blood pressure machine (laughs) in the back, the one that's free. Yeah. yeah. Really agitate yourself. Get excited and pissed off about something. Yeah. Slip your arm in there, do the blood pressure test, yeah. see what you got. 
Mm -hmm. Take your arm out. Take three deep, even breaths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go back there again. Keep breathing while you're doing it. Watch the difference mm -hmm. right there on your piece of yeah. medical equipment. Yeah. It's amazing. I've heard people say that, well, you know, the heartbeat isn't something that you can control, but you can control your breath. And I was like, are you kidding? I, I've been gaming that yeah. machine in the back of Walgreens, back of Walmart for, <laughs> I can go, you can go from 75 to 48. I can, you know, I've done that. If you were a hemophiliac who was bleeding to death, you could control your rate of bleeding. Amazing. Bleeding. Because you'd slow your heartbeat and that would slow, you slow the... your heartbeat. You slow your blood pressure. You bleed less. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'd never thought of that. That's a documented fact. I've never thought of that at all. <laughs> Doctors <laughs> who studied hypnosis and trance states know that. Yeah. You know, the powerful stuff. They know powerful stuff. Like, you know, there was this one case history. I remember reading about a guy who somehow got his hand close to a deep fryer. He was working oh. at a fast food place okay. and it splattered. It yeah. burnt him really badly down here. Yeah. And it splattered on up to his shoulder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the emergency room doctor who treated him knew hypnosis. Oh. He knew something about hypnotic induction. Yeah. And he gave him a hypnotic induction that changed his body's reaction to the burn site itself. But his suggestion was from elbow to, to, to the ends of his fingers. Mm. So he didn't get the splatter. Right. And the worst part of the burn healed faster than the splatter up top. Wow. And he wow. noted it being a doctor. He's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. And he, he was already a believer. Yeah. Because there are technical people who are believers, of because it's, it's yeah. a science at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're not talking about stage hypnosis. We're talking about clinical people who use mm -hmm. hypnosis. Yeah. Hypnotic technique. It's such a testament to the mind-body connection and how they're really one and the same thing, just different sides of, of the same unit. So that trance state is everything mm -hmm. for me. And it, yeah. it, it led me to want to check out other trance states. You know, mm. it turns out we're in trance states all day long. Yeah. You know, when you go to open a door and you know that door, you're not thinking about that door. <laughs> you're thinking about something else, right? Mm -hmm. If I change the direction that doorknob opens that door on, you'd wake up right then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right yeah. then you, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you're awake now. Huh, this is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> changed my door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened to the door? Or getting in a car. You've often heard people say, I, you know, I just got in the car and suddenly I was here. That's yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. Everything yeah, happens you, effortlessly without yeah, you thinking about, thinking about any of starting it. Starting a car and yeah. <laughs> no. even getting it in gear. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so, I'm curious because those kinds of trance states seem almost antithetical to yoga because they're like almost a lack of awareness of the present moment. Whereas that's, that's, um, it's a lack of awareness of the present moment. You're right. It's, it is not the same. Mm -hmm. It's just another trance state. Right. 
But, um, but you are absorbed. And that's, that's... Um, see, this is, I think you've, you've keyed into something else I've thought about mm -hmm. a, a lot of also. And that is that this yoga state that was given to us by our teacher that was revealed to us is different. Mm. It's not like any other exercise for some reason, at least for me personally, I can say that mm -hmm. with a lot of assurance. Maybe you're thinking that too. I don't know if it's because I'm used to it or what, <laughs> perhaps that's part of it, but there is nothing that gives me that trance state. Mm like this physical movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, although I sometimes try to simplify this practice because I resist it being so spiritual, mm -hmm. I feel like that doesn't reach some people mm -hmm. that, oh, you're going to do a spiritual practice. I'd rather it, if it's there, I'm fine with it. I'd rather it creep up on a student. <laughs> <laughs> surprise them <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd rather they come back and tell me about it later wow there's more to this than that isn't there right you know, i'm like this yeah what is it for you i want to hear what mm -hmm. is it for you this but is I, a, it's I, so I, special i think it's so special yeah. and it, you're right it is a distinctive trance state but yeah. we are in various trance states yeah you know um you may be working out a very important problem in your mind when you're opening the door. Mm -hmm. That's right. It could have something to do with parenting for you sure. or, or maybe a work issue or, you know, mm -hmm. maybe just an acknowledgement of something good going on, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you're working on it. You're not thinking about opening the door. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, and, I've been really annoyed by that word spiritual for a long time, as, as Harmony will tell you. Um, I remember one I time, love we, it. I'm, I'm one time in, in Chile, we had a, an argument on stage about the, about using the words spiritual. And she got, nice. we were, the crowd was uncomfortable. Like, are they, are they fighting right now? <laughs> I just really like, what do you mean by it? What do you mean by that word spiritual? I would say that, you know, let's define the term, please. Cause I, I don't, I don't think it means anything. And then I like I one day I just like looked it up, and um, it's it's you might appreciate this stuff. It's I mean, you probably know it. You know, it's an Italian word. It's um, it's Latin, sperare. You know, huh. it, it's someone. It's a, a, and the ul at the end means of interest. So wow. a spiritual person is someone who is interested in the breath. Wow. Nice. I'm definitely spiritual then. <laughs> yeah, right? And that's the limit. That's the limit of the definition. That's all you need. Just that. It's like, yeah, I can get down with that. Yeah, I'm I, someone who's interested in the breath. I've been, I've spent most of my life listening to people breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and myself. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an auto-hypnotic state. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to cheapen it by calling it that. I'm just giving it a name that many Americans might more identify with mm -hmm. than a, than a Sanskrit word. Sure. Can you talk a little bit to what that trans state, like what it feels like for you or what, what, the how, yoga how do trans you know? State. Yeah. How do you know yeah. if you're in this yoga trance state? I know because, um, uh, it, it only occurs to me afterwards that I was in the state. 
I'm so absorbed that I'm not thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, yoga can become so automatic for me, uh, the boredom or whatever about it. Um, it can become so automatic that I need to challenge myself to a greater degree to enter the trance state. I've mm-hmm. noticed that. Um, there's a certain resistance at the beginning of the practice that is wholly connected to my rhythm of thought. Mm. And my rhythm of thought is largely arrhythmic because I am an abused child. So I'm looking to fill all the spaces mm-hmm. out of a sense of a security, you know, mm-hmm. and um, suddenly things are just, I'm not, I'm still, I may still be thinking thoughts, but they're not at the same rate. And they're not disparate flying in all over the place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're coming in in a different way. Mm -hmm. They may be like a sudden answer to a question I had a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not a normal mode of thinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? for me. Um, So, yeah, you can create that space, I think with painting or reading or playing an instrument, you can approach that space. It's not quite the same as what Ashtanga does, but it's similar Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. It's interesting. I've been thinking about this idea of people who connect really kinesthetically, like through their bodies. And maybe there's other kinds of people that connect like the same way, like through their hearing, like auditory sort of connectors And then maybe even, you know, visual connectors or things like that. But I think definitely if you're a a very kinesthetic person, uh, the asana has incredible effects on you of of taking you into that space. And I think it heightens your kinesthetic self. Yeah, that's another indication of that trance mind. It becomes Mm -hmm. it's the mind body connection, truly. Mm-hmm. suddenly your breath you know look at the the mar how marvelous you know how marvelous this practice is in a sense that when you're inhaling and exhaling you're doing it at such times your body's in such positions as to magnify and amplify those mm-hmm. to aid those you know yeah. in a sun salute you're folding in half right mm-hmm. exhale mm-hmm. inhale look up mm-hmm. jump back come down you know, it's like you're doing a backbend movement of any kind, you know, upward dog, mm-hmm. inhale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's like an accordion playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got that rhythm going. And um, so I become more like an instrument. My mind is not the same, mm-hmm. which is quite the blessing for me. <laughs> yeah. And kinesthetic awareness grows. Yeah. In Iyengar yoga, you're looking at your limbs or you're describing your limbs. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's, that's what they do. In Ashtanga, you're not doing that. You, you're depending on your kinesthetic map. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, there's a trick in hypnosis where, well, you know, you have a left ear, but you didn't think about it till I mentioned it, did you? <laughs> mm-hmm. right. right. It's similar, you know, I, I can just go touch someone's back foot for them to know it's there. They don't have to look down at it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> it becomes they're aware, they're, they're aware suddenly. Just trust it's there. Mm-hmm. You know how to move it. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a different awareness than I got to look, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure mm-hmm. that it's pointed the right way. <laughs> it makes me think of something else in teaching with like the adjustments and stuff. Um, you know, when you're a teacher and you're adjusting a student, I always felt like because, you know, we are connected as, as human beings and, and the vibrations, the experience, everything in my cells, um, you know, there's this transmission that happens that's beyond verbal, that's beyond um, anything that could be communicated with sounds or words, but like the cells, that cellular sort of vibration and connection between human beings, I think is really valuable in it, in it is yoga and- it, i think so and even something that patabi joyce showed me was that you really don't even have to touch somebody just come close to them mm-hmm. you can play that game too yeah mm-hmm. they know you're watching yeah stand over them and watch <laughs> yeah. what a powerful adjustment that is yeah that may be more powerful than touching one thing I'd like to, to come back to that you, you mentioned in, in the previous, um, on our previous interview, um, is I'm thinking about my first trip to Mysore and how phenomenal and transformative the entire experience was, uh, getting to know the family and being able to take them down off of a pedestal and make them human. They're, you know, they're not gods, they're just, they're people. Yeah. And everything that I learned about my body and the openings that I had were phenomenal there. And I also saw ugly sides to the experience, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling, feeling, you know, a little abused about money uh, while I was there feeling like there was this, this so many layers of hierarchy and, and clicks and who's close to Guruji, who's close to Sharat, all the stuff that I had to wade through. Um, having personally seen Batabi Joyce uh, give the Mulabanda adjustment to a friend of mine. Uh, she was in Prasarita Paratanasana and he went over there and he took her Mulabanda, adjusted her, and then walked away. You know, she never came back to class. She went back to Denmark. I've never heard from her again. And yet I came home and with all of this stuff, I came home and I said, yeah, you've got to go to India. You've got <laughs> to all of my students, you've got to go. Yeah. Like, this is like, you're not, if you haven't gone to, as you said to me once, if you haven't practiced with Tabi Joyce, you haven't done Ashtanga Yoga. I said that yeah. the same way Yeah. to all the other, all the other students I met in England and Taiwan and, and uh, California. It's like, you know, you're not, if you were going to be serious about this, you need to go to India. Yeah. How do I sit with that? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, I've said that to myself. How do I sit with that in retrospect? Mm-hmm. It's, it is retrospect, you know, um, I can't, I don't want to make excuses for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet when I think about it, that's, it's like nobody ever walked up to me and told me that, that they were um, adjusted in a not right fashion. Mm-hmm. I just didn't hear that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the social mores at the time, when I experienced most of that in the beginning, and I did see things that I questioned, mm-hmm. you know, so now I'm like, well, why didn't I just go talk to Guruji? Mm-hmm. At first, I didn't have that kind of relationship with him. Later on, I did. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know if I could have done something about that, but I would have said something because mm-hmm. I did say things about other stuff and he actually listened to me. But, you know, of course, I would talk to him when we were alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm not in front of someone else. Um, and I would, if, for a serious matter, I'd do that with any individual. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more respectful to talk to people alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, the, it's a, it's odd. Yeah. I think you kind of touched upon that, the idea of like, how do you really know what someone else has been through or what's, um, well, I have I some insight. In. Guruji was put through some stuff. I don't. I'm. Yeah. I'm not making an excuse for him here to state that I have recordings where he talks about being abused by mm-hmm. Krishnamacharya. Mm-hmm. I yeah. uh, hadn't seen him for years. I, these direct quotes. I hadn't seen him for years. Saw him again, and the beatings began. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's him and Iyengar together, and they're both like, ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so yeah. but that's not an excuse for his behavior yeah krishnacharya that, tore both of Iyengar's hamstrings in public he he did the one hanumanasana on one side and there's a loud audible cracking sound as it yeah. tore off the pelvis yeah elizabeth kadetsky wrote about this in her book uh first there was a mountain elizabeth was my student in new york and then uh, immediately Krishnacharya had Iyengar stand up and do the other side <laughs> and then broke it the same way. Yeah. It's that old school. What I was looking up, you know, there's that recent movie about them, the, the uh, whiplash it's called. Oh, did you oh, no. see whiplash? Uh-uh. No. Sounds it's good. about a music student who is uh, uh, a prodigy of some kind, I think on drums Oh, and his teacher. And it is, if this is an uncomfortable movie to watch, mm. but oh. uh, talk about the depiction of a hard teacher. Whoa. Yeah. But that's why Harmony and I watch Hell's Kitchen is for the same thing is that we're reliving right. trauma. Well, you guys already from... said you were seeking out this stuff. <laughs> yeah. We were like from her work as from Harmony's work as a ballerina and my, my work as a painter, like we've endured such intense personal right. criticism that of, that have ended li- it's the kind of thing that have ended lives <laughs> literally at, at least some people have ended up in the hospital close to the brink of death, many ballerinas sure. have died many <laughs> artists have committed suicide yeah as as louis ck said everyone that's alive on the planet is someone who has decided not to commit suicide <laughs> <laughs> i would say i like louis but uh uh-huh. yeah it's another problem, another, <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to, you know, so it's hard. Um, it is called Whiplash. That's the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure IMDB is going to tell me who the teacher is. There it is. J.K. Simmons is the yes, teacher. That's right. J.K. Simmons from Spider-Man. That's right. Look out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it's an uncomfortable movie in a sense, but it kind of typifies some of the relationship that I felt I had with Patabi Joyce. I mean, you said in the last episode we had harmony of, of this, that um, there was that time you were in class and I was being pressed to my limit by Patabi yeah. Joyce. That was a clever manipulative trick that Patabi Joyce did often to his most advanced students. Why would he pick on a beginner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, why not just humble like wh whoever's supposed to be the senior student in class? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give them a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to get uncomfortable and pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck is going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and who's going to be able to kind of, you know, who knows Patabi Joyce the best and what his little game is? You know? Right. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of antics in the room. Yeah. Dina mentioned that. Dina yeah, says was, that he, he was he's, full he's, of Tommy antics. Joyce is a cross between a very innocent character and appears to be because he can't even speak the language, right? Yeah. God, so, how so clever of him. So he says. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> the other side of him is this wily coyote fox mm -hmm. who's just going to, you know, knows how to play a lot with emotion and energy in the room. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, he grew up without any power and now he's got all this power. Mm -hmm. We've and invested mind. all this power in him to yeah. the degree where people who are being abused can't even say something mm -hmm. to the community and get a reaction, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there are repercussions in the community as well. Sure. And I understand why they didn't do that now. Yeah. That's like being, that's like me being shamed in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Publishing. having to watch that kid be tortured and not say anything to that group. What the heck are you guys doing right now? Yeah. Why yeah. are you torturing this child? You know, mm -hmm. um, it's all of that is inherent. And all of that kind of is what was interesting to me about being in that sociological moment in time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have film that actually shows that mm -hmm. there's a show there's a film i have that is in 1993 i believe and there's a gentleman who used to be part of the yoga community he's still around i'm sure um but not part of the yoga community um and he was guruji would pick on him he was muscular and it was very hard for him to get into garba pindasana right you know, and then he's rocking on up to get up on his hands. Right. And it's such yeah. a dramatic moment in the film. A whole class, which is only like 12 or 14 people, yeah. <laughs> are watching this poor guy. And Guruji's on him and he's like trying to show that he can get his hands through. And he's, he's going to get his hands through. And the guy's struggling and gets yeah. his hands through. And people are behind, like laughing nervously, like, oh, my God. God, what's going to happen next? Is he going to pop a knee? Yeah. Just something awful could happen. And Gurdji gets him up and he's balanced and he's up there. And the whole class claps. Yeah. And then the guy gets just the littlest bit distracted and falls over on his face. Still yeah. In position. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what you just said is what a lot of, we're all like, oh. <laughs> oh my god and Guruji's like bad man yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's funny you know it's like a yeah it's oh. it's it's a it's when a 
That's what a bully does to get laughs in a room. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those moments I wanted to capture that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have the power to stop that moment as it was happening. I was just an observer. Mm -hmm. But it's a telling moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it speaks to an interesting dynamic. And I think this is the real, um, you know, why there are like rules and laws and codes of ethics in place, you know, around institutions where there's student teacher relationships or yeah. um, a therapist client relationship, because the dynamic isn't equal. And it, it, even though it could be two adults, there's not an equal power dynamic happening. And so a board of governors True. can fire a professor but, for having but now an you, inappropriate relationship. Now you have an outside entity that's trying to arrange that dynamic be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have no, you know, you've been to India. Mm -hmm. I remember Stephanie and I were in downtown Mysore. And I saw the most shocking thing happen that I wouldn't happen in the United States. The guy would have been arrested. A kid, it's that one-way street with all the stores on it. We were in a hardware store. A kid rode that. his bicycle and somehow crossed the path of an adult on a scooter. Hmm. The adult hit the kid's bicycle. The tire blew up on the scooter, I think it was. Hmm. And the guy just parks his scooter and starts beating up the child. this child. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Indians were doing nothing but watching. Yeah. yeah. And I was upset. Yeah. But I didn't want to get attacked by a crowd. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I'd happen. have jumped on the guy, that could have happened. Been in trouble. Yeah, that yeah. could happen. I, you know, I've been in that situation before. Yeah. I'm the outsider. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's uncomfortably screaming, uncomfortably screaming. I don't know if that stopped the adult from doing that anymore or what, but it did stop. Mm -hmm. And then the child came towards us and was sitting on the steps crying, you know, and I was just trying to make sure he was okay. And I'm like, mm -hmm. do you have parents? Can I call somebody? You know? <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Meanwhile, everybody else is just like, you know, mm -hmm. back to this business. Is, yeah, this is the society I was in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Occasionally, it would be revealed to me that I, you know, I wasn't in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could kind of give Patabi Joyce, um, I could see when he was older, him not making proper decisions. Mm. Uh, when he was really older and yeah. like the situation you're talking about ha happening. Yeah. I mean, after all, we saw our president Bush do that. Not, not Trump. the younger one, but the older one grabbing. Oh, H.W. When... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, they haven't eliminated him from Wikipedia as being a president for as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. But um, I still, yeah, he, he, impulse control is what you're talking about and you see that with a lot of older people yeah he should have had a lot more control than that especially when he was younger there are mm -hmm. still stories of him when he was younger um i don't doubt that maybe there was a mulabunda adjustment of some kind but after a while 
he probably really should have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that's not a justification for sure. Um, I would I would love to know when when and where and how Krishmacharya gave Patavi Joyce a Mulabandu adjustment. I'd I like wonder. to have seen it. It might have happened. I'd like to have seen it. Yeah, I'd like somebody to who somebody from that generation and say, "Oh yeah, like BNS Iyengar, I think is still alive." Like, yeah, yeah, I got that adjustment from Krishmacharya. You'll probably never get it in a formal form. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like you'll never get the real story of you know what shifted Patabi Joyce's perspective and practice. Yeah, over yeah, time. Yeah, you definitely it'd be hard to get it from a secondhand source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I asked him one day. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, just think about how much myth and symbology are part of that culture, mm-hmm. yeah. especially in religious text. You know, mm-hmm. what there's 70,000 verses of the Mahabharata or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And people don't even know exactly how many there are because there's so many versions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like Krishnamacharya's life is is quite mythological in some ways. You know, people yeah. say he went the, to Kailash. Some people yoga, say he never went to Varanasi. The yoga Rahasya came to him in a dream. That's their their go to when they don't know what happened. It came <laughs> to me in a dream. Yeah, but you know, you know these these stories are they're not so awful. No, <laughs> <laughs> they're just stories, and and yeah, um, they're not as literal. Mm. I mean, it's obvious that that society is not as literal. It has yeah. a different sense of how to approach. And maybe those stories have more layers because of the fantasy aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The acceptance of the fantasy aspect of the story. I really, I really loved what you said earlier about your, your fame. Maybe your fame isn't as great because of this event it really, it really rung, really resonated for me because I think so many of us, like you said in the start of our conversation, so many of us based our self-esteem on our rank in, in Patabi Joyce's mind. You know, our perception, our perception of what, of, of what we thought. I think more within the group. Yeah. Within the within group. The group you know, but I'm close to Guruji, you know, I, and he, but as Manju said to me, you're just as, all of you people were students. I'm his son. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Manju Patabi Joyce. All of, no one was important to Guruji except his family. That's right. And so many of us based our self-esteem on feeling like we were close to him. Because he had a way of making you feel like there was a personal connection. That was one of his powers. Yeah. And, it, you know, he would accept anyone into that office and talk to them a little bit, find out who they were. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of thrilled that he could be at that level. Totally. And, you know, instead of real haughty about who he was. And yet so many of us, our self-esteem is shattered with this revelation or this, you know, recognition that this is, this is really hurtful. Well, maybe we shouldn't take it so literally. How do you mean? In the same way that the stories we were just talking about and the myths, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, to me, it's more a class, a clash of cultures. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not here again, I'm not going to make an, it. Please understand, I'm not making excuses for Indian males in general. <laughs> but uh, there was this interesting social experiment that I was witness to, and that was the advent of internet mm. in India. Yeah. And I remember that these little places cropped up. Yeah, I remember that, these places too, Dom. <laughs> the internet places in the back. And, you know, there are guys back there who have, you know, have not been able to see a woman's shoulders. Yeah. That are watching Western pornography in the corner of the internet suddenly. Oh, were you, did you see that? Talk yeah, about clash, the clashing of cultures. And then <laughs> you they, saw that? I would hate going to those internet places. I was always like, oh, and I don't want to touch these keyboards. It's so right, and you'd have to go was, there to answer your email or whatever. I was looking up Johnny Cash videos and you were doing and you were seeing that. I was I always took someone with me because I'm like, I don't want to be in this place by myself. They're terrifying. They were right there next to the university, right? Close yeah. To yeah. There'd be university people there. Yeah. Kind Sticky of Indian keyboard. tech gurus <laughs> oh, and then God. other people too. Yeah. I never so thought about that. What a clash of cultures, you know? And then suddenly guys are out there like assuming these Indian guys seem to be assuming that all Western women, well, they just saw it on the internet. So yep. they must They've, be like that. So well, you watch a movie and they fall in love in an hour and oh make God. love to you in every, in every American film. <laughs> Yeah, these were distressing things, though, to see. I mean, on a on a social kind of level, you're looking at this, these two cultures clash. And then I'd go back to the United States and people would be telling me how it was in India. Well, I was just there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, you know, watching that. How can I describe to you what's going on here? You know, why did yeah. Why did some man expose himself to me on the street in Lakshmi Puram? Mm, you know, yeah. and then the neighbors are laughing. They're not laughing at me. They're laughing out of nervousness and the ridiculousness yeah. of that guy who's some crazy guy in the neighborhood exposing himself to me. Yeah. Absurd. Yeah. The absurdity. But the whole thing is hard to communicate in action. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When you're not part of the same society. <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, it was easier for me to accept than the women present. I mean, I heard Kiki's story. I think she told that story about, you know, having to hit some guy or something oh, in the sure, circle yeah. that was coming at her. Those things were happening. Normal. Yeah, that happened to Stephanie too. She'd just walk with her elbows out because if they came too close. Yeah, she there's, could at least nail him with an elbow before they <laughs> daily, out for. it was a daily event. If I went to the Deva Rajas market, I was for sure going to come out with a bruised ass from how many times it got pinched and smacked. <laughs> bruised. Yes, they're like constantly grabbing at me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah you had to like really you had to fight you had to like have your fists out i punched so many guys that's right there you go push them like and i you know me as a guy i'm not even noticing like i'm walking next to you right yeah, right? yeah. 
It's yeah. like, and they're sneaky about it too. They'll walk and then they like, you know, they do like the backhanded kind of like grab it, the ass. It's <laughs> almost a metaphor for what was going on in the room. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, am I noticing? Yeah. No, I'm doing my yoga or, you know, I'm not trying really to film something even, and I'm not noticing. Mm-hmm. It's like, how could I not notice? Yeah. Or take Possible. it very seriously and then go home and tell people to go. <laughs> you know, and I did like I, I my first trip to Mysore, I went I made him we made a mistake and a bunch of us went to the movie theater, but we didn't know that they were they were separated by class. And so we went <laughs> downstairs, which you're not supposed to do, especially yeah. as white people. And I'm sitting with two girls and one guy comes over and sits next to them and starts masturbating yeah. in the seat with them. We're watching like Terminator. He's masturbating. <laughs> And so I went, I was, I was whispered this in my ear and I stood up, I said, oh, and I, I actually have, I was not in control of myself suddenly. And this all happened like in a dream state. I stood up in a trance, walked over to the young man and I picked him up by two limbs and threw him 10 feet. Wow it was that far and uh i just sat down where he was sitting which was a little gross but he just <laughs> tumbled and rolled down the aisle and everyone like <laughs> like some cartoon character yeah, like some cartoon character but you know and you know then, he'll be back later on <laughs> and then i came home and i would say to my female students because all of my students are 95 percent females like oh yeah you got to go to mysore you got to go to mysore <laughs> gotta go um, yeah i don't know i think i was i was trying to be realistic about that yeah yeah um or was realistic about that um you know for the god it's you're right you just in you a just, way that's the way it was yeah and you the so, but the social mores at the time were strange also I you think know, that's an, an really important point is that we had our own culture of what was a, what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable within our our Ishtangiya community. Right, and then there's the Indian culture of what ex, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you going to go to the police and tell them that somebody grabbed your butt in India? No, <laughs> you'd no. be arrested. Why not, Harmony? Why you not be sexually <laughs> molested? No, but this actually happened more recently. Uh, a good friend of mine was grabbed in the street, a young, younger guy, a teenager, like 18, 17, 18. He was, he was uh, I think, riding a bike and he slowed down and grabbed her boob as she was walking through Gokulam. And she started chasing after him and yelling. And um, some guys came and, and got him off the bike. And they took him to the police and they went to the police and the police started beating the shit out of him. Like he was like completely, his face was a mess. And, and she was like traumatized now even more because the police are beating the shit out of this kid. Harassment (laughs) and then physical violence too. And then the parents of the kid come and they're like crying and begging her not to, press charges because he'll go to prison it will ruin his life and and she was just like oh my gosh what a mess, what a mess. 
What a mess. Yeah, it was really terrible. This is like the clashing of cultures. There's the clashing of cultures again. Yeah. And and not on safe ground, on ground that's shaky there. You know, it was always like that in a sense. Yeah. Um, I think India, maybe, I don't know if, I have no idea what the police are thinking, but I I wonder if they're aware of their, of, in, of India's international reputation as a as a rape site. Well, you know, it, it's in the news these yeah, days. Yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, it's it's international mean, news. That it's well said. it's well known now. Yeah, right. Um, but back then, like in the 1980s, even in the United States, I don't recall that if you were grabbed on the street that you could go to the police with any kind of certainty. And arrest some construction worker for having wow. grabbed you on the streets. I Social mores did not support that at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they should have, in retrospect. Yeah. Well, um, think of all the office workers, all the secretaries. I mean, you just have to. I think Beryl mentioned that. Watch Mad Men, right? And yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you get be a, raped in the States and in the office. You get a sample. In Japan, rape in the office is called office romance. And it's Office very, diff- very difficult God. to prosecute. Yeah. You know, how can, how is this like for some people, for some men, this is, it's just been outrageous always. Mm. Yeah. For some of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what could we say? What did, even now when I'm on a, a board and I hear some guy talking about, you know, with, uh, um, declaring that uh, what should be done about this mm. situation. I just feel like asking them to step aside and let the ladies <laughs> take the lead. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you dominating the board here with your male energy? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then why don't you just be a little reflective here and accept what you're hearing and try to let that change you on some other level i mean who are you as a man who are we as men um Mm -hmm. can you just shut up and listen now (laughs) (laughs) to somebody's story and then some of them are actually mansplaining to other females who are trying to like (laughs) work out something between them obviously online and some guy jumps in oh that's all bullshit (laughs) let me tell you about how women really think (laughs) we should have just (laughs) killed that guy for doing that and you know yeah yeah okay that's part of the problem that male bravado that whole thing Mm -hmm. that's at the root of what's going on you know Mm. it's attractive on one level and repulsive on another Mm. do you know when to turn it off I think what we should remember most about Patabi Joyce, um, if we can, and it really doesn't involve Patabi Joyce in the end, it involves more Ashtanga as a practice. And what I was talking about before with moving with the breath as best as I can and not let my mind deter me so that I can contain an all important trance state that I call Ashtanga yoga. All the reasoning and talking in the world, the rationalizations and information are not as valuable as my state of mind at the end of practice. Mm. I'll remember what I need to about Patabi Joyce to keep me practicing personally, because mm-hmm. I had a relationship with him. He's gone now and let's remember all the lessons left us. 
I don't feel sorry for myself. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, I feel a little mad about where, you know, where this is gone. And that's Patabi's really something that he carried with him for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I still can't figure people out and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, The older I get, the less I'm able to. I think the sharing of these stories is helpful and, and somehow healing. And, you know, Tabby Joyce isn't with us. We can't really ever hear his story or, or understand, like you said, what was going on for him really on many levels. And, and I don't know that even he shared those stories with the people that were closest to him. I'm not sure. It's not really culturally something I think that that happens a lot, you know, maybe in any culture, maybe people kind of stay sort of private, but sharing, you know, sharing trauma, sharing these things that that shape who we are or shape the way we think or act or feel, I think can be very helpful for broadening our understanding of each other you know, and allowing for eccentricities and, you know, maybe even creating moments of forgiveness. Yeah. Moments of forgiveness are the (laughs) most important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I'm not encouraging people to just forget about this, Mm -hmm. but in a sense, some of forgiveness is this kind of forgetfulness Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to say that than someone who's you know felt abused Mm -hmm. who's been abused in 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 their relationship Um, of course it's easier for me to say that but i have to forget somewhat to forgive so what i've had to do with my parents i'll go back there again Mm -hmm. is sometimes just tell myself that um i don't really remember what happened Mm-hmm. you know it's like a it's a, it can be like a mantra mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an incredibly powerful one mm-hmm. it's just like you know i will continue to breathe in this fashion mm-hmm. that breath that i learned and i'm not going to associate it with abuse mm-hmm. i'm going to associate it with where it leads me which is a refreshing state of mind. Mm. Moksha. Yeah. And th- that has nothing to do with Patabi Joyce or his actions. Yeah. It's just me and my breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The spiritual breath. <laughs> the spiritual breath is right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Dominic is what in Latin, that's Sunday's child or God's child. Yeah, that's mm. true. Dominic. So. Uh, I'll, I'll let God guide me. I'll let that spirit guide me. Mm-hmm. I'll let that breath guide me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll hear a lot in my own breath as I do in my students' breaths. I can mm-hmm. hear our fear. I can hear our enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can hear 
if there's apprehension associated with the physical movement, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, it's, it's a cue for me. It's a language. It's a language I love to speak. Mm. Yeah. Love Miss that. it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, pranayama, pranayama. <laughs> so it's the way of the future, the way forward. <laughs> it really is to, to, yeah. to, to be so quiet. Yeah. To take that rhythm down mm. to a different place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just enjoy it. Yeah. And it, I, it can be difficult for me to convince myself to do it beforehand with this conscious mind. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when I enter there, I'm like, why was I even doubting mm -hmm. this? So mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Then, of course, it's all over if I've thought about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the end of it, right? Oh, it was so nice. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Just, judgment is there. <laughs> those thoughts come rushing back in. <laughs> right. Here they are again. <laughs> and there's that rhythm. But you can break it with your breath mm -hmm. you know? yeah and uh, so that was a valuable tool thank god someone taught me that mm -hmm. um, and thank god i saw the sense in sitting and doing it and still do see the sense in sitting and doing it mm -hmm. yeah uh, no matter what i can do physically over time with age i can still do things mm -hmm. yeah yeah. People are practicing without limbs. Exactly. And some older people don't have the use of their limbs that they used to, and they're still practicing. Mm -hmm. so personal practice is something that's developed over time. And changes too. <laughs> that's right. Well, there's going to be changes, right? That's right. We know that. <laughs> the only thing you can count 100% on. <laughs> count on it 100%. Here comes the changes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get through a period in your life where you're like, wow, I think I'll make it another springtime here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it no guarantees, but looks, yeah, here it comes. Here come the crocuses. That way. Looking that way. <laughs> we might just make it this time. <laughs> well, here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. <laughs> well, thank you, Dom. I appreciate you coming back. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for it's, you know letting me come back, and and you know it's nice to talk to you too. Anyway, regardless of whatever's done with this, it's just yes. good to good you to see you. Well. And good to talk. Good to yeah. hear your stories. Yeah. <laughs> <With> pleasure. <laughs> I, it does feel like we could just keep the tape rolling. We could just keep talking and keep hearing more stories. It's, <laughs> it's nice. It's really good. It's good energy, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, and I thank you for your perspective. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow.